talent and position and all the things that you enjoy doing are the tools that God gave you to pursue that mission. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Grow Time Business Depot, where we explore God's principles for living a high performance and God honoring life. And today I wanted to share with you something about vision. A few days ago or in a few past devos, uh, I talked about belief. I'm going to get into more about belief. It's just like the most powerful superpower that, that, that the, the superpower given to you from God that you have the ability to use. Everyone has the ability to use it. And it's, uh, it, 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 it's, the difference between executing and achieving certain goals and certain things and certain objectives that doesn't have to be business related and not. And we see it in athletes and we see it in entrepreneurs and successful people. We see it throughout the Bible. It's, it's super powerful. And I'm, it's just astounding because that, that we don't use it more. And, and uh, I want to talk about vision because it has to go, it goes hand in hand with belief. And so my uh, my my devotional today was from Acts uh, chapter twenty seven, and specifically it was verse twenty five. And so I won't read the whole chapter or or the whole thing, but it's essentially um, Paul is being taken; he's being transported to Rome to go before Caesar. And so they put him on a boat, and he's and he tells them uh, to not not to not to set sail to wait. They do it anyway, and uh, there's massive storms, and they think they're going to die, and all that. And so, in the middle of it, verse, I'll start at verse um, 22. And so, it's the middle of the storms and everything. And this is Paul speaking to the to the crew. He says, uh, "Now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship, for there stood before me." This night, an angel of the Lord to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sat with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe, God, that it will be just as he told me. So Paul had a mission that he was on. And... um I've probably talked before, um, and I can. I'll, I'll probably talk more about about what this means for me. But, but, but as as a Christian and as a person of uh, of of the kingdom, we have a mission, right? We were put here for an objective. I believe that more and more as I get older, that we have an objective. There's a reason that we are put here to do a certain thing. And I think that talent and position and all the things that you enjoy doing, those, those talents are, are the tools that God gave you to pursue that mission. And for a large part of your life, you're honing those tools, right? Like, you know, as you get into your you know, zero to 20 to 30 to 40s, you're honing those tools. And at some point, you get clear or you should get clear vision that happens earlier for some it happens later for some of what you're supposed to be doing for for a lot of us 
you know, at 40 is a really interesting age. It, um, uh, it represents transition in the Bible. It represents preparation, 40. And so I don't know what age you are, but as you get closer to that mark and past that mark, it's funny how I talk to people, and this is my experience as well, that your vision seems to get clear around that time. And that makes sense, right? Like you've experienced life and now you get wiser, assuming that you're pursuing it. And that's the key. So I'm talking vision here. Step number one, Paul had vision. He had a mission. He knew he was on, he was, he, he, um, was for his life. He needed to go. And it, and it goes on in, in this, uh, in, uh, chapter 28 to where, uh, he goes into, they get shipwrecked on Malta and he has a whole ministry there and he has a whole bunch of things that he's doing. And then he has a saint, and then he goes to gets to Rome and a whole, a uh, whole bunch of stuff that he has to do in Rome. And so he, knew he had a mission that he had to complete and accomplish. And so he had that vision. And when you have that vision and God gives you a promise, we've all, hopefully, maybe not all of us, but, but um, I, would, I would encourage you to be pursuing. We talked last time about waiting, right? Waiting on God and on his word. Well, from my perspective, I think that waiting is, partially finding the mission, getting clear clarity on why you're here, what the promise for you is. And I believe that, um, that those promises are good things, right? Those are successful things. They come with hard things along the way, but you know, this idea that I want, I want to say that the idea that Godly things are only hard and only, um, uh, and uh, they, they lack resource. There's, there's some people carry that idea, right? The scarcity of godly things. Like if you're doing God's work, it's hard, it's painful, it's not enjoyable. I don't believe that. In fact, there's tons in the Bible that, that um, show that God's people are the successful people are the happy people, are the rich people. It doesn't mean it comes with, it doesn't come without hardships. But when you're looking at your mission, what is your mission in this life? A lot of us are in business. A lot of us have a drive on the entrepreneurial side and to, to do things, right? This, I say, this is for high performance people looking to live a God honoring life. And so your mission is likely, if you feel that call from your soul, that's likely part of your mission. I don't know. But if you're feeling that call, we're looking for God to clarify that even more. For me, I, I've always had vision. And over time, it, we, sometimes I, I achieve parts of that, that vision. And then I have to figure out what, what the future vision looks like. Um, also, over time, sometimes it gets cloudy. And I went through a period of time over um, uh, two years ago where it was really cloudy. Like it just didn't feel like my mission objective was there. And I started to get that back. I waited and I prayed and I got that back. And then I felt like this is where it gets powerful. And this is why this verse is powerful. Once you get that and 
uh, you truthfully feel like this is something God's called you to do, that's like a promise. And then you can rely on it implicitly. You can't question it. And so Paul had a promise and he knew he wasn't going to die in this boat, right? He didn't have to even worry about it. Once you get a promise, you don't have to worry about those things. I've got a friend who's a very, very successful person. Uh, he's actually a mentor of mine. And, um, and he says, uh, he says that he understands. So he has clarity on his mission in life and his objective that God has him in right now. And he's extremely successful at that. And so he often says like, because I have that clarity, he said, he, he tells a story. He said, some, one, one time I was on a plane with somebody and the person next to me was freaking out. They're like, this, they were scared to fly. They thought the plane was going to go down, et cetera, et cetera. And they looked at, looked at this guy, uh, my friend, they said, hey, why aren't you freaking out? Why are you not scared? And he said, uh, this plane's not going down. And they said, how do you know that? And he said, because I'm on it and my mission isn't done yet. That may sound very confident, but when you have the promise of God in your life, you can act in confidence and clarity. I thought I would just reference uh, this other uh, uh, Abraham, because I think, man, I'll, I'll get into the story of Abraham, but I think another time, but from a, for, a, for anyone who has drive and desire to be the best and desire to multiply everything they have and desire to create success and a successful life for the people around them, man, Abraham is the OG and he is, he's the guy to look at for that. And I just love it. So I'm not going to get into it. We'll get into another time. But um, I just thought like, as another reference, Genesis 12, that's where God gives the call to Abraham. And actually in my Bible, it says the promises to Abraham. That's how, that's how this chapter is titled. And isn't that really powerful? Like when the God of the universe promises something to you, you can rely on that thing. The Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Another translation says, go to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and your name will be great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. That is an awesome promise. But if you notice, it doesn't say where he's going. So I'll get into this another time in detail, but like Abraham was in a period of a portion of his life where he was already established and successful. He was an older, uh, older in his life. And he receives this call and this promise of God that he's going to be even greater, but he has to go to a place that God's going to show him at some point. Right, So he gets some part of the vision, but he doesn't get all the vision, but he gets the promise and he gets the call. And he goes and acts and is obedient to that. There's so much power in the promise. And what I want to encourage you today in is to pursue that promise for you, whatever that thing is. And it takes waiting. It takes thinking. It takes, but, but oftentimes my kids ask me like, how, do, how does God speak to you? I don't personally hear an audible voice, but I get a feeling like when I'm not sure about something, 
and I'm pr- and I'm waiting and I'm praying and I'm looking for wisdom. I'm talking to other people that are that I think are wise and and wise input. Eventually, I get a feeling. When I know it's right, I get a feeling. And it's really, really clear. It's very different than other things. It's like this thing will happen. I'm not going to share what it is with you, but I've gotten that feeling about something else in in my life, and um, I've got a feeling that God will provide a way to ha- to um, accomplish this one thing. When it happens, I will share it with you because it will happen because I believe it. I, and for me, there's this very, very different, I'm not sure if this is the right path to, no, this is the right path. In fact, God told me it's the right path and I, because I feel like it's the right path. I've been praying about it and I know and all the doors that are wrong are closing and all the doors that are right are opening. And that's something that as I was growing up, my dad used to pray with me is he would always, he always pray that all the doors that, that are not right be shut and all, all the right doors will be open or the one right door will be opened. And so, you know, it sounds cliche, but like when you're hitting a wall, that's not a bad thing. It might be a bad thing on the other side of that, right? The door on the other side of that, the, the door might be closing and the other side of that might be not what you're supposed to be doing. That doesn't mean, and, and this is where you have to, this is why the promise and the clarity from that comes from waiting is so important because if you're not in tune with where you're supposed to be focusing, then you don't know if it's a closed door or if it's just the friction or a challenge that you have to overcome and push through. And that discernment only comes from waiting and knowing what direction you're supposed to be going. We talked about on the last one, ordering my steps. That's giving direction and it comes from waiting. And I'll just uh, kind of read a little. So I, uh, I love this devotional streams in the desert. And today there was a little, little part in here about, about, um, about this particular verse. I was going to read it to you because I think it's really interesting. It's a story of George Mueller and it's, it's a captain who was taking him to a place and there was a, t- and there was a fog that uh, they couldn't get through and that was going to delay them. And so uh, George Mueller basically said, um, like, if, you're, if you don't think you can take me, well, I believe that I'm going to get there. And so God will find a way. And the captain's like, this guy's crazy. But what I want to read to you is this really interesting thing. This is from the captain's perspective. So this is talking about George Mueller. It says, he then knelt down and prayed one of the most simple prayers I've ever heard. When he'd finished, I, star- I started to pray, but he put his hand on my shoulder and told me not to pray. He said, first, you do not believe God will answer. And second, I believe he already has. Consequently, there's no need whatsoever for you to pray about it. And then it goes on to say, like, basically they got there in time and the fog was gone and all that kind of stuff. What is really interesting about this, which I want to call out, is the fact that unbelief is a detraction from the promise, right? It's, it's, it's a lack of faith. And so when God gives you a promise, you must put a lot of, of your focus into believing in that promise and removing any doubt because the doubt is what will make it not come to pass. And we see that happen like with everything. We see that happen with non-godly things non, non, or non-traditionally spiritual things, right? Like if you focus on achieving something, 
you have a much higher likelihood of getting it than if you're not sure if it's going to work, right? If you start out with something, I consult with a ton of business owners. I've, I've worked with maybe a thousand over the last, you know, 10 or so years. And in, in, my, in my space, I work in uh, primarily product businesses. So, um, and these are some of these companies, a hundred million dollar company, and some of them are, you know, just a million dollars or less a year. But what's really, really interesting to me is I get to see all the ones that are successful and all the ones that are not successful. And uh, you would think that the best product would be the most successful thing, right? You'd think that the ones with the most resource, the most money would be the most successful. And that is what's crazy about it. Um, The thing that determines success in my experience is determination, belief, a decision from the person in charge, from the owner or whoever's in charge. They're deciding to be successful. They're deciding, them deciding to win, them deciding to achieve the goal is the determining factor in it happening. And that is when you, and so I've seen great products fail and I've seen mediocre products go succeed like crazy. And the difference is some people are all in and are just like, this is going to work. We're going to find a way and we're going to try the first thing. And if it fails, we're going to try the second thing, third thing, and we're going to continue to optimize along the way because they have a belief and they have a vision that where we're going is where we're going. We're getting there. It's just a matter of how. Right. And the people that fail, the people that are like, I'm not sure I want, they say they want to do it. They say that there's gold at the end of the rainbow. Like I talk to people where they're like, yeah, you know, if we can do this, like the opportunity is $50 million. Okay. All those kind of things. Right. But then when it comes down to it, when it comes down to investing or taking the hard steps or working through challenges in the back of their mind, the ones that are not successful, they're actually not convinced of that goal. They don't, they don't actually believe that vision and they have doubt in their mind. And that doubt creates failure, which, which, which then everyone goes through failure, by the way. But when, you have, when you're coming out from a doubtful mind, you're actually expecting the failure. And when you expect the failure and you get the failure, that reinforces the fact that, you know what, we shouldn't do this anyway. And they stop. When the fact is failure is, is going to happen no matter what, it really it really is a matter of what do you expect? And I talk about expectation and the power of expectation in, in, in another episode here, but really believing without a doubt could do massive things for, for your life. I'll just leave you with this. When we don't expect the outcome that we want, why is it? I would say for me, if, we, if I don't expect the outcome I want, really, is it just protecting myself against supposed embarrassment if it doesn't happen? Uh, I would say for most people, it seems like that's the case, right? For me, that is. When I don't go all in on something, I'm really, I'm really just protecting myself from, from the embarrassment of the failure, which means I'm expecting the failure. Now, the funny thing is, is you, if you, if you remove that, that, that gives you no benefit than if you expected the success, right? If you expect the success, we know from all the things that we see in culture, 
Bible and even science and mindset that if you expect a success, the probability of that happening is greater, right? So there's, but, but if you don't expect it, the probability of how that happening is very unlikely, especially if, if you're involved in the outcome, which is because, because you get what you expect. But when we're expecting a negative outcome, it's because we're protecting ourselves against the shame of a top hospital failure to other people. The fact is, is though failure is going to happen either way. And that's also why most people don't get the outcome they want because they're not bold enough and courageous enough to just expect it. Even if you look dumb and it, and it fails, like the people who are successful are willing to look dumb if they were wrong. And the truth is everyone's wrong most of the time. And so it's going to happen anyway. So would you rather... Would you rather save face in a failure or would you rather get the outcome that you desire? Because that's the difference with expecting a negative outcome versus a positive outcome. The only problem is negative outcome has no upside. Expecting a negative outcome has no upside. Expecting a positive outcome only has upside. There is no downside. If it doesn't happen, you suppose it doesn't matter. Right, you just do it again. So, hey, I hope this is really helpful for you. I hope it um, helps you pursue the vision that can lead to the promises, that can lead to the confidence, and that can lead to the results that you're looking for. And until next time, thanks and never stop growing. <laughs>